It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in. Almost went in, and Duke is the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotterman. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast, part of the Blue Collar Media Group. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 36 of the show, and we've got a packed house for you here again today. Uh, all the Blue Collar Media Group fam clearly had nothing else going on on a Saturday afternoon to record, uh, but I'm going to introduce them right away here, starting with our co-founder of the Blue Collar Media Group, that's Steve the General Reisner. Steve, how are you doing today? Good, and uh, way, way to make it seem like, you know, we're all just like losers with nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon, Kenny. Jesus. I know. I had to make it feel good right before we started recording here. God. Uh, then we have our NBA and NFL Twitter ambassador and head of Blue Collar Media Group on Twitch. That's Jet Folk. Jet, how are you doing today? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, I was enjoying my Saturday until I got a desperate text from Kenny saying, oh, get on my pod. So here I am, boys. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the show wouldn't be the same without you, so I had to make sure that uh, we didn't lose viewers. Uh, we also have the host of Into the Lab podcast and a guy who still hasn't given me much credit on social media for winning uh, trivia the other night. That's Ernest Silva. Ernest, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm excited, man. This is a very good podcast lineup. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. And you, you don't get the credit yet. Not yet. <laughs> Just like to point out that uh, I did win that trivia and I'm going to tell everyone until the end of time. Uh, then we have the UK invasion once again, uh, starting with our United Kingdom ambassador, that's Seb Kennedy. Seb, how you doing today, man? Yeah, doing great, man. How about yourself? Oh, I'd be a lot better if it wasn't 60 kilometer wins here, but uh, let's hope that it doesn't knock out our, uh, our Wi-Fi here. Uh, then we've got Will Latham joining the show today, another UK guy. How you doing, Will? Yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, looking forward to another episode, yeah. Should be good. And then we have uh, Davis Cordova back once again. Uh, unfortunately, we lost the audio last week on his uh, shooting guard list, or small forward list, so uh, I apologize for that, Davis. We'll make sure that we get you on today. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, what else are we supposed to do on a Saturday? Right, I mean... Especially now, so... Yeah, and to then to close things off, we have our newest member of the Blue Collar Media Group, uh, he's the host of Say It Out Loud Sports. That's Patrick. How you doing today, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so we've got a packed lineup for you here today. I'm going to be starting off with our NBA lists of the top five power forwards of all time. Then we stirred up some controversy last week by saying movies like Step Brothers and Old School were overrated. So now we're going to talk about some of the underrated movies of all time and then also our favorite sports video games ever. But we're going to get right into things with our powered forward list. We're going to go five through one once again of who we have as our top five power forwards. I'm going to start uh, in the top left with Mr. Cool Dude, Jet Folk. Uh, Jet, give me your five through one as far as your power forwards go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was actually a harder list to whittle down compared to the first three, if I'm being honest, because there's probably about 10 guys that could be within this top five 
pretty interchangeable, but I did settle on five. And with my fifth, I went with Kevin, Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. Um, one of the best two-way players in the game. Uh, undeniable how much talent he had. Did some magical things at the Celtics, if you recall. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I've got him there. At four, I have uh, Charles Barkley, the round mound, a rebound. Uh, won an MVP. Unfortunately, was in an era where he was not about to win a title. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he was one of the best power forwards of all time. Number three, I went with uh, the European himself, Dirk Nowitzki. He is one of the best fadeaway shots you'll ever see in the history of NBA. And so I think three was a good position for him. Number two, I put the second highest point getter in NBA history in Carl Malone, also known for his stagnant defense. He was uh, a must-have in the top two. And, of course, since we're considering him as a power forward, I'm going Tim Duncan. Uh, undeniable talent, statistics, uh, accolades, you name it. Timmy did it all. So that's why I got him as my number one. Oh, did we lose okay. Kenny? Okay, so that was that was a pretty oh, solid no. list there. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was pretty happy to hear uh, the guys that you had on that list. I, I have the same, but uh, we'll get to mine in a bit. Mine's in a bit different of an order, but I'm going to go over to Will next. Will, who's your five through one power forwards wise? I mean, um, me and Jet have got the exact same list <laughs> apart from apart from the fifth spot. Um, Obviously, last week we did last week we did small forwards, and I didn't get Dominique Wilkins on there, so I thought I had to get Hawk on it this week. So I got Bob Pettit at five. Um, I just like two-time MVP, eleven-time All-Star. I think he stopped playing in the NBA at thirty-two to go into banking. Um, his that St. Louis Hawks teams were the only team to beat Russell Celtics between fifty-seven and sixty-six. So I thought that was a ridiculous achievement. Um, given obviously the power that Celtics team had then. And then I've just got exactly the same. Barkley at four. I'm denied about Carmelo and Dirk at three and two, just because of the sort of European icon figure that he is, Dirk, in the league. But um, I had him at three. Carmelo at two, in my eyes, the best player ever to have not won a ring in, in the NBA history. And then Tim Duncan, five-time champ at one. I mean... I didn't, I didn't really know how much how else to put it. Um, but yeah, that's what my list. That's fair for sure. I think Tim Duncan's going to be the number one guy for a lot of us here today. And if he's not, then you're going to have some explaining to do and you might get yelled at. But uh, I'm going to flip over to Seb next. We're going to get the UKs out of the way. So Seb, who's your five through one? Uh, yeah, five had Charles Barkley. Um, it's quite like ironic because nowadays he's quite vocal about how much he hates stats, but he's actually one of the best at piling them up when he was on the court. Um, so he's probably the second best of a Suns player behind Steve Nash and he often gets forgetting how good he was as a player because all we see him nowadays is messing around on TV with Shaq so I've got him at five but incredible player um, four Kevin Garnett just ridiculously versatile got the ring got the MVP and got the stats to back it up um, just a master rebounder and 15 time all-star not a lot of players in the history of the game can say that uh, number three I've got Dirk um, best European player to play across the pond without a doubt. Uh, got the ring in the MVP. And of course, led the Mavs to that unlikely victory over the Heat in 2011. Um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't in everyone's top three, to be honest. And he was close to being my number one. But uh, when you've got Carl Malone at two, that might be a bit of recency bias for me because of the last dance. But yeah, like Will said, probably the best player not to ever win a ring. I completely 
agree with that. And he retired when uh, as a retirement as the second highest scorer ever. At number one, I mean, it has to be Tim Duncan because although he played centre for seventy-one percent of his minutes, his prowess at power forward was just unmatched. Um, yeah, five rings, two MVPs, fifteen-time All Star. You don't see that a lot. Ten-time All NBA First Team and eight-time NBA All Defensive Team. Two hundred and fifty-one playoff games is probably the most impressive stat I looked when uh, looking looking him up. Um, and yeah, he just carried the Spurs throughout his career. So Tim Duncan. If we're giving him power forward status, then yeah, that's number one, hands down, no questions asked. For sure. I'm going to go over to Steve now. Obviously, he's a resident Celtics fan. I'm sure he's probably going to have Kevin Garnett at number one just because he's, you know, such a fanboy. But uh, I'm going to go five through one. Steve, what have you got? Well, first off, because I am the uh, resident Celtics fan, I would be remiss in my duties here if I did not do my honorable mentions of Kevin McHale and Tommy Heinsohn. Uh, at number five, and Kenny, actually, my list has changed uh, since I talked to you earlier because I couldn't get into the EA service and watch film instead. So, um, number five, I got Charles Barkley. Uh, you guys all said it. When, when Charles Barkley was playing the league, that MVP season, that guy was fucking unreal. Uh, number four, I got Kevin Garnett because anything is possible. You know, he was just – he was absolutely amazing here in 08, and that's not even the year that he won MVP when he – let alone his time in the Timberwolves. He was a fantastic player all around on the court, especially on defense. Uh, number three, I got Dirk Nowitzki. I, I gave – I hated putting him over Garnett because I love Garnett, but I had to give him the edge because of the shooting. And then at number two, I got Carl Malone. Just – uh, when I went back and watched the film, I mean, that that guy was something else. And, I mean, you can say what you want about it. Apparently, he was a pedophile or something, people say. But I, the, the guy was a great basketball player. So that's what we're talking about here. And he didn't have a ring because he went against Michael Jordan. And that's just unfortunate for him, I guess. Uh, and then at number one, it's Tim Duncan, since we're counting him as a power forward. It, Rick, rings talk. And five rings says it all. Yeah, Dun- Duncan was phenomenal. And who would have thought that there was going to be a anything as possible reference here today? I had no idea that that would come out on this list. Uh, Patrick, I'm going to go over to you next. Uh, first appearance on the show. So who's your five through one? All right, so I didn't do a ton of research because it was kind of last minute. So I'm going to go one through five just so I don't forget anybody. Okay. Obviously, one and, one and two is Duncan – or Timmy D, Carmelo. Top two. Three, I put Dirk just because, you know, his, him leading those Maverick teams to the finals of that run he had when they won the title was crazy. Even though, he, I mean, he had Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, but to run through the teams he did and beat LeBron in the finals was insane. Um, then you got – I would probably put um, – I'd probably go Barkley. No, I'm going KG at four. And then uh, Barkley at five. The one guy I want to mention, I know he's not in the top five, but Robert Ory. I know the numbers aren't there. This dude hit so many big shots, and he holds teams together. It's not a coincidence he was on seven title teams, and it's not like he led them or anything, but, and he's not in the top five. But to be on a team, a role player of that, that magnitude is huge. So if you go off numbers, obviously he's not there. But when you have a guy that holds, like, you know, team chemistry is big, and he – Every playoff series he was in, he upped his numbers. So his playoff career stats were higher than his regular season stats. Three-point percentage was up. Obviously, he's not in the top five, but 
I think Robert Ory has, has to be given a shout out here at this at that level. Yeah, definitely. He hit so many big shots in his career that like it's tough not to include him, like even in the honorable mentions, just because as you said, like the numbers may not be there, but there'd be a lot of teams that wouldn't have won rings if they didn't have Robert Ory on their team. So uh, he's definitely probably an all-time power forward uh, in his own right. Davis, I'm going to flip over to you next, five through one. Who have you got? Um, well, my list has changed in the last 10 minutes because <laughs> I've been torn between the number five spot. Um, Kevin Garnett was a really great player, especially for the Celtics and the T-Wolves, but Bob Pettit is going to be my number five because – his career stat line, 26 points per game and 16 rebounds per game. And you don't really see that anymore in the NBA. Um, he, his time, he doesn't really get all the, the spotlight just because he played like 70 years ago. Um, but he was a champ and a two-time MVP. Um, number four is uh, Charles Barkley, the second best player not to win a ring. Um, very versatile, has some of the best stats in the game. Uh, number three, uh, Dirk, um, one of the most iconic shots in the game ever. And he won the MVP when he should have won the, uh, the championship. Um, number two is Carl Malone, uh, the mailman, 14-time All-NBA, two-time MVP. And one of those was during Michael Jordan's three-peats. So, I mean, that shows how much of a great player he was. And then Tim Duncan is number one with five five rings, three finals MVPs, and two MVPs. Um, there's nothing really to talk about Tim Duncan going number one. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not shocked that everyone's got Tim Duncan at number one. I think that one was kind of the, the one that we weren't going to differ on. I, I'm going to go over to Ernest now. I mean, there's not much Rockets representation here. So uh, James Harden does not classify as a power forward, even though he could probably play it on the, these Rocket teams right now, given how short they are. Uh, but Ernest, who's your five through one? Ernest, power forward that he's going to honorable mention is Draymond Green. Watch it. Yeah, so dishonorable mention is probably Draymond Green. I, I don't think I even – I don't even think I even touched that that <laughs> that guy. I don't know if I can cuss on this show, so I won't. Um, so – uh, let's let's start off with the honorable mentions. Uh, Charles Barkley did not crack my top five, so honorable mention to him, and that's a former Rocket, so be shocked, everybody. That's where the shock little music should come out. Um, the other one, and I'm sorry if my connection is poor. I'm in literal place called Bigfoot, Texas, and there is no connection out here, so I apologize in advance. But um, another honorable mention is Kevin McHale, uh, former Rockets head coach, and I guess he played for the Celtics too. Um, but he is he is uh, a difference maker on any team he plays on. So I uh, definitely want to give a shout out there. Number five, and, and it's no surprise, is going to be uh, Elvin Hayes for me. I think that's that's the number five all time. Um, he is a literal beast. He was a 22 and 13 a monster um, in the regular season and the playoffs for those haters out there. And um, he is a 12-time NBA All-Star. He does have a ring. I didn't want to include two people without a ring in my list. So I did put Elvin Hayes in there at number five. I was going to put James Harden at number four, but since he was exiled from the power forward conversation, I will go ahead and take him off my list and replace my number four with Kevin Garnett. I think for what everybody has already said, Kevin Garnett did wonders for the game, what he could do inside and outside and his presence. He was a monster. He changed the energy in the room. 
I sometimes think players like Russell Westbrook just watch videos of what KG would do and, and how he would pump up the crowds and they just emulate that. So KG all day. I struggled here with my two, three. And since everybody put Carl Malone before Dirk, I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to put Carl Malone at the three because the ring does wonders for me. And although you want to say he had tough roads in the nineties, I don't think anybody can say that maybe the, for some people it's the first, but for me, it's the second toughest path to a championship was Dirk Nowitzki's run to a championship in 2011. So I have, I have Carl Malone, the mailman at number three, Dirk and the, the best European player ever at number two. And then of course, San Antonio's very own Tim Duncan. You can't go wrong with Tim, Timmy D. He was everything Spurs. That was, that was the culture. That was everything. So that's my top list. That's fair for sure. I mean, I did notice that you kind of slipped in that it was like Kevin McHale being the head coach for the Rockets was a bigger deal than his career with the Celtics. But like, <laughs> I mean, besides that, like it, it was, it was a pretty solid list all around. Uh, and then I'll close out the segment because my list once again is the only one that truly matters because everyone tunes in oh for me, gosh. right? Um, but <laughs> at number five, I've got Charles Barkley, a 22 and 11 guy. He's a league MVP, 11-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA. I mean, if this guy had a, even one ring, I think you could make a case for him at two. No one's going to pass Tim Duncan, so I'll get that out of the way that he's going to be my number one. But at number four, I've got KG, 17-10 and 10 guy, NBA champ, 15-time All-Star, 9-time All-NBA. He led the league in rebounding four times, too at the power forward position. That's incredibly impressive. And he was 12-time all-defensive. So just goes to show how good he was on both ends of the floor. I I really wanted to put him ahead of Carl Malone because he didn't have the rings. But Carl Malone's numbers are just so good that I put him at number three on my list. A 25-10 and 10 guy, two-time MVP, 14-time All-Star and All-NBA guy. I mean, it just shows how he was consistently great in the league at the power forward position. I... I mean, four-time all-defensive, too. Uh, Ernest, I'm glad you had Dirk at number two because I have him there as well because, I mean, he's an NBA champ, a finals MVP, and an MVP. But you said it, his playoff run against Miami, no one gave them a shot in the finals that year. Yeah. Like, no one had the Mavericks beating LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in that finals. And he, he truly balled out. He hit big shots. I know that he had lost to Wade in the 06 finals. And so it was great for him to kind of get that vengeance and, and get a ring because he's also a 50-40-90 guy at the power forward position. Like that's, that's just incredible. And then, I mean, Tim Duncan's number one. Like there's no doubt about it. Five-time champ, three-time finals MVP, two-time league MVP. But what was most impressive to me was that he was 15-time all-star, all-NBA, and all-defensive. So for a decade and a half, he was so good at every facet of the game that he's, he's just incredible. My honorable mentions would have been Kevin McHale, obviously. Uh, he was a two-time six-man of the year, but he was great for those Celtic teams. Bob Pettit as well. Dennis Rodman doesn't get enough love also. I know that he was never a scorer, but what he gives to a team, like just you can't find that in many players in basketball. And Chris Webber too, he had a five to 10 year stretch in the league where he was, he was incredibly uh, talented guy. He should have won a, a title with the Sacramento Kings. They should have beat the Los Angeles Lakers in that series uh, if it weren't for a crooked ref. So I, that's my list five through one. Uh, I think we're all pretty consistent as far as who we had on our list. There was a couple Bob Pettits in there, but otherwise we're all pretty, pretty similar there. 
But now we're going to move over to the underrated movie segment, which I'm sure is the one that most people will tune in for because the last time we did this, obviously, uh, there was a few hurt feelings. Uh, there was probably some people <laughs> that didn't want to talk to others for maybe a day or two uh, when they heard some of their lists. Uh, but <laughs> we're going to get right into things. I'm going to go, uh, starting with Davis, I'm going to let you start five through one. I know that he's working on his hat here. Actually, I'll go to Steve while he's... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, Davis, <clears throat> five through one. What's just, your most underrated movies? I'm just putting on my cup set because it's going to be needed for this. Um, well... One through five, um, I really couldn't think of any underrated movies because usually the movies that I watch have already been released. And so I just went on Rotten Tomatoes and looked at some of the lowest scores that of the movies that I actually like. So number five is a really, it's a comedic movie and it's comedic relief, but it's really funny. Uh, Meet the Blacks on Netflix, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's really funny. Uh, number four. Uh, Fever Pitch, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a baseball movie with um, Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore, one of my favorite movies. Uh, not a lot of people know about it. I'll ask around. No one knows about it. Um, I've watched that. Number movie. three. I, I don't think it's oh, very really? good, but I've watched that. Yeah, I know that movie. I know that movie very well, actually. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I, that's, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, number three, Rookie of the Year. Because of my and Cubs movie, um, really good movie. Uh, one of my favorites because it's a Cubs movie, um, but it has a thirty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is way too low for me. Uh, number two just recently came out, The Upside with Kevin Hart and Cranston. Um, it's a really, really great movie. Uh, the ending is built up from the start which is really good. The ending is really nice. Uh, number one, a lot of you might like it, is uh, Hook with Robin Williams. 28% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Number one, I just, I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, see which movie I liked. Had the lowest score. But Hook is really good. I like Hook. I think Hook's actually a pretty good movie. That seems pretty low for that one. Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm not really. Yeah, that's blasphemy. I'm not, I'm not really that big into Fever Pitch, but I also don't really like Jimmy Fallon as an actor, so that's probably why for me. <laughs> yeah. Better as, a, better as a host. Um, Steve, I'm going to go over to you next. I can't wait for this one. Uh, five through one, what are your uh, top five underrated movies? Well, number five, um, it would probably be higher if it wasn't so recent, um, but Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I completely flew under the radar and no one and people don't even realize how good it was and they don't even realize that it was written by Lawrence Kasdan which for you people who don't know that he's an American hero who wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark and wrote and directed Empire Strikes Back so he's an amazing person and uh, it, that's that movie I just it was a lot of fun people hated on it because the worst re review I heard of it was that the kid wasn't at it he was no Harrison Ford well if his first time in a starring role, he's not Harrison Ford, then you're setting the bar too high for the kid, to be honest with you. And I'm, a, I'm the biggest Harrison Ford fan you've, you'll probably ever met. Uh, number four, um, I don't, you guys might not even have heard of a lot of these uh, movies, but I have my underrated list. Number four, 
I have the replacement killers from the 90s with Chow Young Fat, Danny Trejo, and Michael Rooker. And I forget the chick's name, but uh, it's just a stupid action movie. Uh, Chow Young Fat gets hired to kill Michael Rooker. He doesn't, so they send people to kill him. And he just spends an hour and a half shooting at people. And it's a good time. Uh, number three, Ernest, you're going to love this. Um, Con Air. Oh, yeah. Good. Hell yeah! You you should all you should all know Kanye. Uh, pe- people forget Nicolas Cage and that mullet was just that was great entertainment. <laughs> that accent, I mean, come on, the 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 whole put the bunny in the box thing that that was great. Just don't don't even forget about John Malkovich and Dave Chappelle even being in that movie. Great great cast. Um, number two, I have Showdown in Little Tokyo. With Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee, which I don't know uh, how many of you will remember this movie. It had the light. Sorry, I had to light up. Um, oh, for smoke. But smoke that's, if if Brandon Lee hadn't died, I feel like they would have made um, a couple of sequels to that. It really had that like buddy cop feel to it. It probably actually could have been like a trilogy because those two worked great together. The action scenes were fun, obviously, with Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. Um, but, yeah, I just enjoyed the hell out of that movie. At number one, The Last Boy Scout. Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans from the 90s. If you haven't seen this movie or if you don't know this movie, it, go, go ahead and watch it. It's written by the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon and Predator, if that helps you at all. Um, but it's it's basically just uh, it's a movie about gambling and corruption and the NFL and politics and drug addiction, and it was written in 1991. It was way ahead of its time, really. Uh, the, I've only it, heard two of your movies, by the way. The the, the, the bad guy in in the movie is basically just a caricature of uh, Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate this movie already. And D- D- Damon Wayans is like a drug addict ex-quarterback who got thrown out of the league, like former MVP who got thrown out of the league for gambling. And Bruce Willis is like the alcoholic private investigator who hates himself and chain smokes so cigarettes. So it's the longest yard. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> it's the last Boy Scout. They don't even go to prison. Bruce Willis shoots people, smokes cigarettes, and cracks one-liners. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> Gee, thanks for that blast to the past, Steve. Really love that list. Um, Ernest, I'm going to go to you for your uh, five through one now. I know that you're a big movie guy, so I'm kind of curious to see what you have as underrated movies. So go ahead. Definitely. Um, I just want to point out a couple of things before I even start my list. I might as well do it now since Kenny didn't mention that somebody did bring up James Harden in the power forward list that wasn't brought up. But I'll go ahead and start my movie list. Um, when it comes to uh, the top five underrated movies, um, first one might shock some people, but I think Glory Road doesn't get enough credit for being an all-time great basketball movie. They tackle things such as racism, how life was in Texas and especially in El Paso as barren as it was in that team who had all the adversity. Um, I have it that, ranked higher than Hoosiers. I think, I think that, that is my is, favorite basketball uh, movie. Yeah. I think that is one of the top basketball movies ever made and um, the cinematic effect it had. I, I have it, I have it almost the top tier um, in all sports movies. So 
I am full on Glory Road. Didn't get enough credit. Number four is kind of an out there reach, but it's Speed Racer. I could watch Speed Racer, I think, once a month, every month of my life, and not get enough of it. The special effects were great. It stuck to the original storyline. It represented the cartoon well. Um, I, I love that movie. And um, not that anybody could not see where it was going, but it was a good movie, and nobody gives it credit. Everybody said it's shot in the box office, and it was just a, a low-key maintenance movie. I loved it. So Speed Racer is my number four spot. Number three is one that uh, I love Denzel in. I don't think it's one of Denzel's top three ever, but I think it's definitely up there. It's Deja Vu, all right? So if you've never seen Deja Vu, Deja Vu is a movie where he goes back in time from a technology that was created. He's a, he's a PI. Well, he's not PI. He's an investigator with the police department, and uh, he can go back in time and save this girl's life. And it was so ahead of its time. I think it was 2005, and we weren't really there with the whole we're going back in time and and, uh, you know, we have that capability now and technology is advancing. And so it wasn't that big. I think if it was made like in 2015, it would have a lot more going for it. Um, so Deja Vu is a really good movie. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend. I don't know how many people haven't seen it. The next two are kind of my fan favorites that don't get a lot of love at parties. But the first one is Ready Player One. That's my number two on the list. Ready Player One was a damn good movie. Matter of fact, I just got done watching Ready Player One again just for this segment. But Ready Player One... Um, one of my favorite all-time movies, um, I, it, it captures all of the old video games and the new video games, the old cartoons, the new cartoons. It gets you going. It gets a whole story about reality in 2045. It is a fantastic movie. And I know it got a lot of hype when it released, but when it came out from it afterwards, going to the Blu-ray and DVD and 4K, it kind of gets lost. And when you think of, of what your favorite movies are where you have all the animation, we never talk about Ready Player One. So I think Ready Player One doesn't get enough hype. Um, I hope they make another one. Uh, last one, the best foreshadowing movie of my generation, in my opinion, that did better than The Simpsons, Head of State. All right. It predicted the first black president three years before it happened. I mean, that's like easily Chris Rock's iconic com com comedic movie, Head of State, as the first black president of the United States. And it was hilarious the whole way through. And Bernie Mac being his brother and vice president, his running mate, even better. Um, so, Head of State, top five classic comedy movie for me, but again, low ratings and did not get, kind of, it's not that one brought up at the part, like, what do we want to watch when nobody ever says Head of State? So, got to go Head of State. I haven't heard of most of those movies, so I, I'm going to have to, obviously, I'm just going to get you guys down, to send brother. me your lists, because, like, the majority of these <laughs> I haven't heard of. So, I, um, there's not I a almost put Ready Player One. I almost put Ready Player One on my list, but it was it was really hyped up when it came out. So it was hyped up when it came out. It just kind of loses its, its its heat afterwards. It's not it's not considered one of the best ever. I think it should be. I think for a lot of us, we could watch that every day of our life. Yeah, okay. maybe I'm just hyped up about the movie. I just watched it. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick, I'm heading over to you. Five through one. What are your uh, most underrated movies ever? All right, man, this time, this list is crazy. There's so many movies out there that you, you forget about and then you see it and you want to watch it again. So I'm just going to go. So uh, number five, Ace Ventura, the second one, When Nature Calls. So I know it's an older movie and people, I, a lot of people I know like it, but I don't know about you guys. That movie's, to me, when you think of a comedy, nobody ever mentions that because it's an older movie. The new generation thinks of all the super bads and all those things. But uh, Ace Ventura 2 is five. Number four, this is another kind of popular one that people talk about, uh, Click with Adam Sandler. 
if you go watch that, I dare you not to cry because that's getting rough. There's some parts in there, especially if you're a family man, man, it's crazy. Think about the last time you had it's, it. You tear up, you know? All right, uh, number three, I just watched this one last night, The Heartbreak Kid. It's uh, got Ben Stiller in it, and he goes off to his honeymoon, and the chick's insane, and it's it's comedy. So if you sit there and watch that, you get some good laughs out of that. Um, number two, I got All About the Benjamins. So it's got Ice Cube and Mike Epps in it, and the, his chick wins a lot when they lose the ticket. And uh, Mike Epps uh, and Ice Cube have good chemistry. It goes back and forth. Not Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, Ice Cube. So, yeah, he's the cop, and he, you know, go back and watch that one. And then my number one, and this one's kind of weird, is shout-out Brendan Fraser. He's kind of a weird actor, but dazzled. When he with uh, Elizabeth Hurley, and she's the devil, and he gets all the wishes, that is one of the That's funniest the movie. movies. Like you go, you go into it, and he's he's put when he's uh, wants to be a millionaire, and he's a basketball player, and it's it's top, it's up there. I just thought of that one about twenty minutes ago because I was trying to remember some of the good sports ones, but and he only plays sports for a minute. But I mean, you could go on and on with the underrated list, and some people might think they're overrated, but heartbreak or uh, bedazzled is the, the one I thought of right now. So that's fair for sure. All righty, Seb, five through one. What have you got for us? Okay, so this is going to be quite an English list, I would have thought, but obviously there are a lot of American films here. So number five, we've got Johnny English. I don't know how many people have heard of Johnny English, but obviously Rowan Atkinson, who's Mr. Bean, plays this, basically like a James Bond parody, and it is unbelievably funny. I just, I, I think it's one I watched when I was younger, and I just grew to love it, and I can still watch it to this day, and that, that scene when he's in the shower singing to Abba just gets me every time. So that is number five for me. That had to be on the list. Okay, number four is The Force Awakens. I think I, I thought I had to get a Star Wars film on here. Um, I know we had Solo earlier, but um, for me, I just think it was a, a great way to kickstart the uh, the new trilogy. Obviously, obviously there was a big, there was a huge build up to it, and it probably was very overrated at the time because people were like this is the best film ever made. It's incredible, but I think it kind of gets forgotten now that the newer films have come out and people forget how good Episode Seven was. So I think that deserves a number four spot. Number three, I was gonna put an Adam Sandler film. I had to. And it was so close between Click, which has already been mentioned, and Big Daddy. I think Big Daddy is the forgotten, funny Sandler film because Happy Gilmore, everyone remembers that. Um, and obviously, you know, Billy Madison. There are some funny sports ones, but I think Big Daddy is just hilarious. The way he, the, we see like a look into Adam Sandler's life as a father and it's just no, not good. So <laughs> I think that is a hilarious film. Um, and I just loved it when I was younger. Okay, number two is Invictus. I don't know how many people have heard of Invictus. But it tells the story of the South African team winning the Rugby World Cup in 95. Um, and it's just, you've got Morgan Freeman playing Nelson Mandela and Matt Damon as the Springboks captain. Uh, I've forgotten his name. But um, yeah, just incredible film, like incredible. Francois Pienaar. What's that, sorry? Francois Pienaar. Francois Pienaar, that's the one. Yeah. Um, no, just, just the, the way they covered that story was incredible. And I think a lot of films study to get shots in, like, if you ever watch a film and it's, showing like live action of a game. It's tough to get that right. But I think Invictus does that pretty well with rugby. Um, so that was a number two for me. And then number one, I had to put Green Book because I thought Green Book was an unbelievable film. And I've not seen a lot of pop for it in the last you know, few years it's been out. But when I watched that, it just blew my mind. And it was just quite a powerful film. And obviously, yeah, I mean, just such a, just, just to see that sort of role reversal about having the white driver and the um, the black pianist back in the 50s. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. 
Green Book is an incredible film and it doesn't get enough love in my opinion. So Green Book, number one. Solid list for sure. Alrighty, Will, five through one. What have you got? Um, I've, at five, uh, well, for firstly, my films, I think, are like people rate and think they're good films, but I think they should just get a bit more love than they do. So at five, I've got role models. Um, I think... I don't know the actor's name, but McLovin and Paul Rudd, that's the absolute duo that we all needed to see. Um, That's such a good film. I can't get enough of that. Um, At four, I thought I needed to get a kid's film in it. Um, Think of all that film I watched as a kid. And everyone always talks about like Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. I've got Treasure Planet. Absolute classic. I used to watch it as a kid all the time. Um, Couldn't get enough of it. Absolutely loved it. So I've got that at four. Um, at three, I've got so many people that I know haven't watched this film. Um, and it's a bit wet, maybe, maybe not the most manly film ever, but I've got perks of being a wallflower. Um, I genuinely one of the best films I've ever watched. Um, absolutely love it. Like the role Logan Lerman played, like how they sort of portray like mental health and depression and like panic attacks. I genuinely think it's just such a good film. Um, at two, I've got another comedy. I've got horrible bosses. Um, I just think, like, when I when I put that on, I'm just creasing for an hour and a half every single time I watch it. The trio of Bateman, Sudeikis, and is it Charlie Dare? I think his name. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Like, such such a good film. Um, yeah, and the other role is like Pettit's son, the guy who just comes out with the best one-liners ever when he tries to fire one of his people for being fat, just cracks me up every time. Um, and then at number one, I think Seb made a great shout with Invictus, the sort of role that sport can play in society. So at one, I've got my favourite film ever, Moneyball. I don't know if it's underrated, but I it's my favourite film ever. Um, I think all of us, obviously, massive sports fans and just, like, seeing how it can change a whole society and, like, how just winning 20 games of baseball can completely change people's lives was just unbelievable. And um, I thought it was unbelievably well-written and well-scripted. So, yeah, that's my 5 three, one I love that you mentioned Horrible Bosses because I can't stop laughing at the trimming the fat scene from that oh, movie because it's just... Unbelievable. It's so Such a good moment. Need you to trim the fat. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I think oh. I'm actually going to have to go rewatch that movie now that you brought that up. Scene, that scene. That's hilarious. And how, he, how he's like, oh, Hank rolls around in his special little secret chair. <laughs> Freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good. So good. Oh, I can't stop laughing. All right, Jet, five through one for you. What are your uh, most underrated movies? Well, I kind of took your idea and spun it a little bit. I found a genre that I think is completely underrated, and it happens to be my favorite genre, and that is horror. And so this list ended up being more of like the top five horror movies I would suggest people should watch rather than it being the most underrated. But I guess it's still the most underrated <laughs> genres underrated so anyways here we go at number five i think it is a must see to watch a quiet place with uh what's his name jim <laughs> john krasinski, john krasinski. That's, the one. that's the one it's a good one um number four i went with paranormal activity it's a little bit like like you can kind of tell what's gonna happen 
but I think it's worth the watch, the first one anyways. It kind of trails off into the second and third as not being as good, but that first one's good. Uh, number three, Sinister. Um, there is one iconic scene in it that uh, involves a lawnmower that I will never forget. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, you must see pretty much strictly for that scene because it'll mess you up for life. Uh, number two, and I debated putting it at one because I think it's the best horror movie of the decade, but I do have one that's better than it. So number two is The Conjuring. And I think they did a phenomenal job across the board with that movie. Um, whether you're a seasoned horror movie watcher, you've probably already seen it, but if you haven't, you should. Or if you're new to it, that would be a good one to start with. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than it's just a really good production. Um, but my number one, and by far is it like the best story, if you're actually willing to get past the scariness of it, Saw. The original Saw movie is so smart and so well made. And I was super glad to put that as my number one. Yeah, I do love the Saw movies for sure, especially that first one. It's it's really solid all around. So we'll, we'll finish off with my list. Um, starting with number five, I think it's a movie that doesn't get enough love. And I, I find it hilarious, but pop star never stop, never stopping. I think it's so funny as a comedy movie and it got no love for some reason. I'm also a huge SNL guy. So like the Lonely Island to me is just like a phenomenal group, but there's so many like cringeworthy parts, but also so many funny parts in that movie that I just think it doesn't really get enough love as far as a comedy movie goes. Uh, number four, it's, this is probably a recency bias one cause I just watched it last week, but nonstop with Liam Neeson in it. Uh, he plays a an air marshal and there's someone on the plane that's trying to kill that's killing people and trying to pin it on him like I just think it's an overall like really good movie like it's a couple hours long but I thought it was really solid so and I had never really heard people talk about it so that's why I put it on my list um number three it's a war movie that does not get enough love and it's it's one of my favorites right behind Saving Private Ryan and that's Unbroken I uh, it's a movie that uh, it's all about Louis Zamperini. He's an Olympian and he's in a plane crash and gets captured by the Japanese. Like it did, it just didn't get talked about enough. And I just, Oh man, I just read that below. And so like, it's just such a good movie. Like it gets forgotten about because there's so many war movies that come out every year. It seems like we're getting like five to 10 a year. Uh, but I have that one there. Another comedy movie at number two that doesn't get enough love is Euro trip. Eurotrip is so funny. Like, I, I could watch that movie a hundred times, and I still think it's so good. Like, and the Matt Damon cameo appearance in that movie, like, that's an all-time cameo in a movie. Like, just him randomly singing Scotty Doesn't Know. Uh, I think that was great. And at number one, I've got the same one that Ernest had. I've got Glory Road there. I think it's not only the second best sports movie ever, but I have it as the best basketball movie ever. I, the only better sports movie is Remember the Titans. Um, Glory Road, yeah, like it just tackles a lot of issues uh, involving racism in the South and everything. Like it was, it was just a really good movie overall. And plus Kentucky loses in the end. So I'd love to see that every single time. Uh, so that would be my I don't even want to open up that chat because I stopped looking at it after the first thing that was posted there. Uh, but now we're going to flip over to uh, our top five sports video games ever. 
Uh, I'm going to start this one off because I, I just, I'm, I'm a big gamer. I really love playing video games. So I, uh, at number five, I've got FIFA street Two, and FIFA street with, uh, it had Ronaldo on the cover. They came out with a bunch of different trick moves that you could do. Honestly, just a, a fun game to play all around. Like I loved going through the career mode of it, of it, everything. I, d- I think FIFA Street's one of those franchises that needs to get brought back because uh, those games were a lot of fun. And I think if you remastered them now, it would be it would be a good movie or a good video game. At number four, I've got Madden 2004. Uh, this was the one with Michael Vick on the cover. Um, funny enough, when a few years ago, a buddy of mine had a PS2 and we broke out Madden 04 and we realized how broken that game actually was because you could run around the entire field with Michael Vick and no one could tackle you. Like you could literally just loop around cause they like <laughs> overpowered him way too much. Um, gave him like 99 speed at quarterback. So, uh, you could just r- run a QB draw and just run around the entire field. So, uh, I really loved that one. That was also the first Madden game that I ever bought. So, uh, I have it at number four. At number three, this is the first PC game that I ever played, NHL 99. It had uh, Eric Lindros on the cover. I mean, it's another one of those games that just hasn't aged well because you could do the same move over and over and you would score every single time. Uh, but the gameplay was still so much fun. I loved playing that game. And then having the goal celebrations that they had was was kind of new. So I liked that one. Number two, I've got NBA Live 2005. And this one had uh, Carmelo Anthony on the cover. But the only reason why I have it on this list was because it was the first NBA game that did the slam dunk contest. But the problem was, like, the slam dunk contest was so flawed because you could, like, throw it off of the jumbotron that's, like, 100 feet up and then, like, do, like, a cartwheel into a between the legs twice. Like, it was just – it was absurd the moves that you could actually do in this game. Uh, But I loved it. I thought it was a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal sports game. And then at number one, the original NFL Street. NFL Street is another franchise that needs to be remastered, needs to be brought back. I mean, the original game was so much fun. Having the style points and everything in that, uh, they just need to reconsider making it. So uh, next up, I'm going to have Will. Will, what's your list? Um, all right. Uh, at five, I mean, I think if any people from England are watching this, if I didn't have a FIFA on it, I'd probably get murdered. So at five, I got FIFA 13. Um, I think it was just a time of sweaty goals and finessing far post shots. And that's just a game I played all the time. So I had to put that in there. Um, at four, I think for like us in England, like FIFA's the game that you buy every year. And like for you guys, you probably buy like 2K and Madden every year. But it was 2K and Madden sort of the game that I buy like every so often. Um, so I've got NBA 2K13, maybe not because it's the best 2K, but it's just the one I played the most. Um, had Mello at the Knicks, which I love, so I had that. Um, at three, I know we kind of discussed it before, but I've got Mario Kart. You can debate if it's a sports video game, yes or no, but hours with your mates spent playing Mario Kart um, has to be on there. Um, two, I've got Tiger Woods PJ Tour 2004. Um, so I've played hours and hours of that on the PS2. Best game soundtrack ever. Snaps with tunes on there. Um, the like, sir, like hitting to the holes with the rings on it for points. Playing like this massive Hawaiian boss and Edward Pop Masterson who wouldn't move his knees when he hit a driver. Um, unbelievable game. And then number one, um, 
I'm not sure if many of you guys have played it, but I've got Rugby 08. Just the best rugby game of all time ever. I'm a massive rugby fan. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what to say, but people that have played it know how good it is. And it's just an unreal game. So yeah, that's my top five. All righty, Jed, I'm going over to you. Five through one. What's your uh, best sports video games? Well, I kind of ended up looking at it more as like the franchises themselves than like specific years. But um, since we have been talking about specific games, I did want to give an honorable mention ahead of time to Blitz the League, where you could literally put your guys on steroids and like break people's bones mid game. And it's just, it was ridiculous, but I loved it. <laughs> anyway, so to hop into it, I wanted to give some love to Wii Sports. I think there's as much replay value in it as there is competitiveness <laughs> with the people that are there. So depending who you could be there for hours and hours, maybe you're playing against somebody that just doesn't want to compete, then it's not as fun, you know, but Wii Sports makes number five on my list. Number four. Uh, so from four to one, this is just based on like how much I play them basically. So number four, I had Madden. Um, I find with Madden, I'm more consistently like, upset with it like I'm like this is literally the same game you know like every time I buy it it just seems like they haven't added enough for me to stay intrigued so it sits at four for me there uh number three the show now this has nothing to do with it not adding stuff I think it's an incredible game incredible franchise they do a great job I just happen to not be as interested in baseball as I am uh of these other two sports ahead of it so in saying that number two I have Chell also known as NHL, and given the year, it's currently Chell 20. Um, I find that they do a really good job of uh, trying new things. Um, their soundtracks are incredible pretty well every year. Like, 03, by far the best soundtrack. Um, and another thing about it, too, is once they bring back the online GM mode, it's over for all the other games, man. Holy shit, was that a fun mode. Number one even though I have a lot of gripes and I'm sure if you've ever tuned into our streams, you've seen me mad, but NBA 2K, I play the most by far. I get the most joy out of it. I also get the most anger out of it. It's one of those games where if there's a couple tinkers that could happen in the gameplay, I think they could really perfect what they're doing there. But yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. You never get upset when we play 2K. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Ernest, I'm going to head over to you next because you're in the middle of my screen. Five through one, what have you got? Quit looking at me, Kenny, first off. Second off, um, I think the uh, – I think my honorable mention has to be uh, Blitz the League as well. Jet brought that up. I completely forgot the name of it, but I was thinking about it this whole time, but it didn't make my top five just because I couldn't remember the name of it. So I appreciate Jet. You should have messaged me earlier. Uh, my two other honorable mentions – NFL Blitz, the arcade version, not on PlayStation or where it released. It's the arcade version of NFL Blitz. I could play that at any Peter Piper pizza. And then the uh, second honorable mention I had is Simpson Bo Simpsons Bowling. Yes, bowling is a sport. All y'all shut the fuck up. It's, it's <laughs> Simpsons Bowling. Love that game. All right. Um, I love what you can do with the Simpsons characters, all the different add-ons and everything. By so, yes. Okay, so number five, so everybody can, can stop listening to me. Number five, FIFA 10. I don't play FIFA, but everywhere on everybody's sports list, sports gaming list all over the world said FIFA 10 was the best jump for FIFA and made the most money. So I'm going to put it on my top five as respect 
to uh, yes, I did say Simpsons Bowling. That's absolutely an honorable mention. Could be number six for me. But but FIFA ten is the uh, is is my number five. Number four is NBA two K six in particular. Can anybody guess why? James Harden's on the cover. That's what yeah. sold the game. I that mean, that's that literally what sold the game was that James Harden was on the cover. But NBA 2K16 took the lead because they added not only James Harden, I think Steph Curry and somebody else was on the on the cover. But they um, they really Anthony took a, a leap. There you go. Some, some guy. So they took a leap, right? And, and not only their playability online, but the graphics on the game. That was the game that did it. So NBA 2K16. Now, a game I've played since my childhood, well, not childhood, since my teens, and then all the way even to, I think, last week, and Davis can attest to this, NCAA Basketball 2010, all right? NCAA Basketball 2010. I can't get enough of that game, the recruiting and playing <laughs> playing your career mode. I, I just play it nonstop. We can get stuck in that game for hours, sometimes days. And so mm-hmm. I love it. I can't wait till NCAA Basketball is back in a couple of years. I'll be all over that game. I'll move on. Number two. ESPN's NFL 2K5 absolutely loved that game. I don't know why, guys. It might be because you can customize it. And there, there was uh, you had you had uh, what's uh, the name's escaping me. I don't want to take up all the time. But you had the guy who goes whoop. What's that guy's name? Oh, I can't think of him. Chris Berman. Chris Berman. Yeah, you had Chris Berman, who was who would literally characterize and customize how he would announce the games week by week in franchise mode and you would see your team on there and you'd be like yeah that's my fucking team go cowboys you know and we'd win the championship and so you'd watch all those things and we weren't getting in real life so i just remember that from my childhood being the game i think to was on the cover so um yeah that's my number two and then number one all time all everything in the arcade room in our console what i'm going to be getting in the new arcade one-up machine nba jam Number one game you could possibly play has all your favorites. Now you can play online online with the new arcade one up, our sponsor. Just kidding, they're not our sponsor. But NBA Jam is the is the best uh, is the best uh, video game I've ever played in my life, and I'll always forever say that. Especially he's on fire from three. Like you can't you can't ever like, you said that in your head even today in the real life. So those are my top five and my three honorable mentions. All righty, Steve, I'm gonna head over to you next. Your five through one for sports video games. Uh. So number five, uh, I have to go blitz the league because that's uh, as, as blitz the league is just a great game. That's just that's a great game. Um, then number four, I have to go with NBA Street, the original. Just uh, just like you said, Kenny, with NFL Street, those games were just a blast. All 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 those street games, they not, they need to come back. Um, then number three, I have NFL Street. Um, as you said, Kenny, it was just a great time with the style points, um, all those little challenges and everything you could do. If I could get my old fucking PS to work, I would play and I could go down and play NFL Street right now, but I'd probably end up not even going to work on Monday and getting fired. Um, number two, Mike Tyson's punch out. Thank you, Patrick, for bringing that up. Uh, what? I mean, come on, guys. It's Mike Tyson to punch out. I, am I old for putting that on my list or something? Uh, and then number one, NCAA 14. Please bring back the NCAA football games. Hurry up. Please. Please, just, just do it. I Please. 
please, for the love of God, bring back the NCAA football games. Shaggy yeah. Angus. Yeah, I agree with you there. That That's a franchise that needs to be brought back. Alrighty, Davis, I'm going to head over to you. I mean, you're only 18, so like you probably are just going to have like 2K15 through 20 on your list. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. All right, hold up. I got oh, four honorable Well, I got four honorable mentions real quick. Um, this hasn't been released, I don't think, since like 2008. Uh, NCAA baseball, one of my favorite games all time. Um, Another honorable mention is Backyard Football. Uh, the show, just the franchise, the show completely. And uh, my last honorable mention, which could be switched with number five, uh, Biggs, one of the most underrated baseball games of all time. They had the home run graphics that you could just watch forever. Uh, I think it was released in like 2009. Um, number five, NBA Jam. I mean, Duncan from the Raptors. I mean, you don't really see that in any other game. Uh, yeah, he's on fire. Ernest is too. Um, number four is Madden 11. Just because it has one of the best soundtracks of all time. And you could create your own stadium in that in that game. Um, I think after Madden 11, they took that out and they put in like the orchestra and stuff. They, they took out all the, the good songs. Um, number Number three is... NCAA football 11 through 14. I played every single game for like a thousand hours each. Just one of the best franchises of all time. The recruiting is amazing. Um, it got better each year, uh, but the road to glory was my favorite on NCAA football. Um, number two, it's going to have to be NCAA basketball 10. I still play that to this day. Um, it's like a hundred dollars on eBay now, but NCAA Basketball 10 is one of – it's my second favorite uh, game of all time just because it you you can either play on CBS Sports or ESPN. Um, I think I've put in thousands of hours on that game. And then number one, just because I might be a little bit biased from the last dance, but NBA 2K11 is the all-time best sports video game ever. It has the best soundtrack in a game ever with, I mean, heck, Meta, or, Meta World Peace has a song on that game. Um, you In 2K11, you can play through all of Michael Jordan's greatest moments. I think there's like 80 games you can play through with Michael Jordan. It's one of the best games ever created, and it's just really underrated as well. Yeah, I did love 2K11 as well. I thought that that – like the last couple 2Ks haven't been that great. Um, especially this year's, I haven't thought that it was up to par, but, uh, two since 16. Yeah, honestly, it, it has been a long time since, since two K has been good. Uh, Seb, I'm going to close out with you on this one. What's your five through one? Is it just like straight rugby and FIFA or? <laughs> no, it's got a bit of a mix. So I've got an honorable mention is Wii Sports for sure. I mean, if you've never hit an out of the park or given someone else a mercy rule, then what are you doing? So that's uh, not an honorable mention for me. Uh, number five is... Crazy Taxi. If you just want to spend three to four hours listening to The Offspring and just driving people from A to B, then have a blast. It's an incredible game. It's so, so much fun. Um, number four, Mario Kart. I think I spent most of it, most of my time playing it on the Wii when I was a kid, but I've got it on the GameCube now and it still holds up. It's just an incredible game and you can't really fault it. 
Number three, Will's already touched on it. FIFA 13 specifically. The best FIFA I've ever played in my life. If I gave you the amount of hours I've spent on that game, it would be a horrendous amount of time. So, yeah, I think that's probably the game I've played the most ever, other than, like, COD Black Ops. Um, so, yeah, FIFA 13, just an amazing game. Ultimate Team, just hours and hours. Number two, Madden 2006. Uh, Donovan McNabb on the cover. Um, <laughs> great game. It's probably the best one for the GameCube, and I've got it in my GameCube, literally behind this laptop. So, probably be playing that at some point soon. Um, and, yeah, just, just amazing. Very good if you want to just get into the basics of uh, Madden before it gets, you know, into the sort of the newer ones. Uh, and then number one, my favourite sports game and favourite video game ever. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it. Will maybe. Um, Burnout 3, Takedown on the PS2. My favourite game of all time. Just an unbelievable game. The fact that you could create as much damage as possible and get rewarded for that. That was the game mode I loved the most. Obviously, you could do racing and stuff, but there was one where you just created as much damage as possible and you would get, like, bronze, silver, gold in it. And I was just... That was my childhood, that game. Um, yeah, Burnout 3 Takedown. Best game I've ever played. Hands down. I kind of forgot about that game. Yeah, that, that was a fun game mode, the, the just racking up as much damage as you could. I, I'm a big fan of that one as well. But that wraps things up for this episode of the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast. Be sure to check us out on the Blue Collar Media Group. I want to thank all you guys for being on the show today, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in! Almost went in, and Duke... It's the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotterman.